Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Hey, Flower Tribe. Welcome to our One Son, Three Flowers podcast, Stories of Our Mothers, a wellness and self-care podcast designated to uplifting the voices of women of color. Author, self-love activist, educator, mother, and poet, Courtney Brookins will help you bloom into your best self and encourage you to make self-care part of your daily practice. Join the tribe as we embark on a journey of healing, mothering, womanhood, and collectivism through the ancestral practice of storytelling. Whether you're looking for an infinity space, sisterhood, or mommy tribe, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, mother, and self-care enthusiast, Courtney Brookins. Whether you're a girl boss, everyday woman, tired mama, or just in need of some you time, our mindfulness success sessions are engineered to get you to deepen your practice of self-care. We individually customize your session to empower your individual needs. Empowerment is only a click away at one son three flowers.com that's o-n-e-s-u-n the number three f-l-o-w-e-r-s dot com coming back for another week of the one son three flowers podcast stories of our mothers and i'm so excited because this week i am joined by Ryan Maxwell, who is going to talk to us about veganism, conscious parenting, and all that. But before I do, you all know the ropes around here. So we're going to introduce our guest. So Ryan is a California girl living in Nashville. She is a mother to two, and she is interested in veganism, cooking, natural living, and crafting. And so now, without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Ryan onto the show. Hey, Ryan. Hi. Thank you. You are welcome. I, I, listen, even that high had some high vibrational energy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so spilling the tea, Ryan and I um, went to undergrad together. We uh, were both Fiskites, Fisk University, located in Nashville, Tennessee, which is where Ryan currently resides. And, you know, it's so interesting because um, I left Fisk and came home like in the midst of my undergraduate years, which probably that story will come on a future podcast um, because I don't think I've ever taken time to explore that on here. But um, so we had we we pretty much like stay following each other in one way or another in social media for a while. And then at some point, I think, I don't know. I'm, I haven't even looked to see if we're still Facebook friends, but at one point (laughs) we probably are, Um, you know, as far as like the connection, I didn't really see as much of what she was doing and vice versa. I clicked on someone's um, page who is another fist guy actually happens to be a podcaster. Don't mind shouting out other people, the woke and ratchet podcast mm-hmm. um, with uh, classmates, Danisha and um, Oh, 
I just had a brain fart. Ganisha and who is the other classmate who was on that? I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I'm not sure. Okay, well, make sure. I, I feel horrible because I should know. Yes. That. <laughs> What's her la- her real name? I see it in my head. It's Savvy. Uh, that's okay we'll just edit that part out the welcome ratchet podcast and so i came over ryan's to ryan's page one thing led to another i creeped in her dm you all know this happened with (laughs) girls too right like it's not like hey boo what's up it's just like hey friend (laughs) i i creeped in her dm we start talking and crazy enough to find out we, I, it kind of makes me wish we could have gotten to know each other just a little bit more deeply at Fist because oh, we no. have so much in common. So much. Yeah. I'm like, wow. First of all, we're both Virgos and we were just laughing about that before we even started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and so it's really, really nice uh, to have, you know, another person on here because who's a Virgo can kind of be like a mirror. And um, I have to be honest. OK, so before I got on here, even before I, and I haven't told Ryan this, I was like trying to figure out what I'm going to have for dinner tonight, because, again, another common point <laughs> for us, we're both vegan. <laughs> And I was looking in my pantry and my fridge and I was like, "Mm, I don't have anything that really excites me, which was frustrating. But I felt compelled to have somewhat of a good meal because I was getting on the phone with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That happens all the time to me. Okay, that's reassuring. I'm like, (laughs) I'm getting on here with this lady who's like grade A creative over here. And I'm over here like, what the heck am I going to have to eat? I don't have time to run and get me something. And really, I don't even want to spend the money. So I'm like, but I don't want to like have like a non-fulfilling meal, especially when we're going to be talking about conscious eating and veganism and meal planning. (laughs) It would just be so hypocritical. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. I totally had takeout tonight. Look at that. (laughs) What'd you eat tonight? (laughs) Girl, take out. I had class. I did not have mm, So smart. So, so smart. I know. Good old tofu and and rice. Simple, simple, but it was delicious. It, you know what? And I had some tofu in my refrigerator and I was like, mm, I don't know what, I don't know if I necessarily have a quick go-to tofu type of dinner. Oh, I'm going to have to send you some stuff because I am obsessed with tofu. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy. Then me not and it was divine yeah i'm gonna send you some stuff for sure thank you well you know what i think that this conversation is perfect to even bringing in while we brought you here so you are into veganism (laughs) meal planning cooking you are i i consider you a master chef just from this i've seen you cook up she's been cooking since the dorm room y'all like (laughs) yeah that is true (laughs) didn't you have a hot plate I did. I had a hot plate. I had a fridge. I had a little makeshift pantry. <laughs> okay. So that just speaks. If you can make some magic happen in the dorm room, you can make some magic happen. So Ryan, why don't you just jump into your story and tell us how you began your story of your journey of cooking and then how that lends itself into veganism? Because I don't think I've ever asked that. I don't even know. you. Have you always been vegan? No, I have not. Um, I'm going on year five okay. of vegan. Um, 
And I, before that, so I guess I'll jump back a little. I don't really know how far to jump back, but like I started, um, I started to just be excited about cooking because growing up, my mom didn't really do a lot of cooking. We moved around a lot and we always, we didn't always have um, a home that provided us the opportunity to cook. So um, I started to, once we got a solid kitchen, I started to just kind of experiment and just enjoy myself in the kitchen. And it became like a getaway for me. Mm-hmm. And um I just kind of took it there, but I didn't, I wasn't like heavily into it um, until after college, but I I did do that cooking in college a little bit more. So out of necessity, I guess, which follows the trend from childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I became vegetarian with a group of um, some Fiskite women who are near and dear to my heart. And I think they're, um, I think it was our senior year Um, and we just all were in a very conscious place and we reflected each other so heavily and just everything that we were thinking was always on the same wavelength. And so we just decided like, we're all going to go vegetarian. Like it just happened so seamlessly. And uh, it was great because we all kept each other accountable and it was just such an easy transition for all of us. And that's kind of when everything started. And then I was, we all kind of have gone on our paths, on our own paths from there. But uh, myself and Valerie, uh, one of the women in that circle, continued to be vegetarian for four and a half years. And then after that, we both were like, let's try chicken again. And we did for, I tried chicken, I think for maybe like eight or nine months after that. And I realized that I wasn't really um, the type of person who could do things in moderation. And so I just cut dairy and chicken out um, altogether and fish because it wasn't serving me. And I knew it wasn't, but I continued to do it anyway. And um, now five years of being vegan. So I'm loving it. Yeah, that's nice to have um, support in that journey um, because... You know, I think I shared with you, but I have kind of like had to create relationships where people are vegan. My children are not vegan. My partner's not vegan. Um, None of my besties are. And so I'm kind of alone in that. But I am blessed that I have all of them are willing to eat vegan dishes. So, um, Yeah, that's the good thing. But it's really amazing that you and your friends were able to just like jump into this journey together. It was it was wonderful. I'm just so grateful for that turning point in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you learned about cooking and all of that, you know, um, prior to fish, just kind of like something that was formative in your youth, in your childhood. And, mm-hmm. um, but, but through your transition, what I've noticed is there are a lot of people who become vegan or plant-based and they might've been cooking their entire lives, but by the time they're, it's time to eat differently, you know, they don't know where to start. So in addition to having mm-hmm. like this kind of moral support group, how did you learn to start cooking things that weren't fried chicken and uh, <laughs> dairy products? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, 
I don't know if it was ever like a switch. I think everything just came very naturally. Um, and I don't know if the people around me would say otherwise, but, but um, I've always been the person who just like gets very excited about food. And I just like, kind of like what you mentioned earlier, like I have to feel it. Like I have to be excited about the ingredients. I have these grand um, plans or cravings and then I just go on them. And, you know, of course in college, it wasn't quite like that when we first became vegan. It was literally just beans and rice and like a bunch of veggies all the time. Um, But after that, I just... I just started to experiment and I, I do lots of research on everything that I do. Like I just heavily research every step and because I'm so interested, I just, I just research everything and then I just come up with random plans or meal choices and throw things together. So I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess I would just say it started off very simple and just has kind of graduated into something Awesome. <laughs> and awesome it has. So you guys hopefully awesome. When you when you t- click the show notes, you will see contact information for Ryan and you're going to be blown away by the meals that she makes. <laughs> and quick sidebar, I was cracking up because you were like I researched the heck out of everything and then some of it is just like creative. And I'm like if that's not the like definition of a Virgo like hey I researched the ish out of that plus mix it with a little bit sprinkle a little creativity in it and you have a Virgo (laughs) girl like everyone's always like so what's the recipe to this and I'm like I don't know like I learned how to make bread and then I just made it myself I didn't follow any of the recipes (laughs) yes but it really is just to make me feel more confident in what I wanted to do anyway. Yeah. Does that show up in other areas of your life or is it just cooking? Like, do you not follow the directions? Like when you're putting together a toy for your kid or. Uh, I think it's half and half. I, um, I have no problem following directions, okay. but, um, but when it's something I'm really passionate about, yeah, I just kind of take yeah, it. Do it. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting question. I like that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So your veganism and your cooking and your meal planning and people asking you for random um, recipes like I'm going to do tonight when we get off of this, <laughs> this podcast has actually turned into, it turned into you doing some meal planning and slash catering for people. Um, was that in the Nashville area? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So could you speak to a little bit about the type of clientele you've worked with and whether or not they've been all plant-based eaters or have you had to create some dishes that were non-vegan? Yeah. So, well, so the whole thing started is I was in a, sp- a space in my life where I was like, how can I make money? And I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Like I just did everything as naturally as I could. I mean, I cloth diapered, I was breastfeeding. Like I was like, how can I just, you know, make money from what I've already got here. And so I kind of made like a few meals for people and like just played around with them and made them really pretty and was like, Oh, look at me in a nice little container. And the the people really enjoyed them. And I was like, wow. And they were like, you could totally sell these. And I was like, got it. Here I go. (laughs) And so I started off with a friend of mine, um, a couple actually, 
and they are um, vegetarian and they've always loved my food. And so I was like, this is great to start with them. They're both busy and working. And so um, I started with them and then I just slowly kind of created a plan for what I wanted just for people who were super busy and needed multiple meals per week or people who just kind of were trying things out and weren't really vegan, but maybe just wanted to add a few into their diet per week. And so I I created like a schedule um, uh, for like how many I could make or, you know, how little I could make and still make money. And then I had a friend help me who wrote up a little contract for me. And um, then I had another friend who like kind of did some like just simple marketing, like word of mouth kind of stuff. But all of the people that I've cooked for, I think, have been friends or like, you know, kind of friends. I haven't um, really ventured off into cooking for people I don't know yet, which I think I may do. But um, I cooked for someone who was completely not vegan, 100% meat eater, and he enjoyed the food. I cooked for people who are pescatarian. And um, I cook for another person who eats um, kind of on and off, healthy, not healthy. Um, So I think it's just kind of a a few different types of people I've cooked for. Um, The people who were not meat eaters kind of fell off after a while. Um, And I think that was only two people. But they said it wasn't because of my food. So that's great. <laughs> they just said they like money reasons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And then, of course, with COVID-19 and stuff, I've kind of backed away from that for now. But I am I'm taking the time to like write out recipes and spend time like preparing to, you know, do whatever is next. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um so how did it feel being a vegan having to kind of step out of the normalcy of your kitchen to prepare dishes for people that were non-vegan? Were there any conflicts or what, was it just like, hey, it's your plate? You know, it's not anything really deeply personal to me. Yeah. Um, so with one of the one girl who did eat meat, she was like, just cook whatever you want. And I was like, great. And so she ate the the vegan food. Um, I may have made a few things with cheese here or there for her um, to make her feel more comfortable. And there was, and then the guy who did eat meat a lot, I, I told him, I'm like, I am a vegan and this is how I cook, but I'm willing to cook some meals for you. But um, at the same time, like, I don't want to step away from what I believe in so much. And he was like, that's great. So I kind of did, if he did a week of meals, I would do like one meal or two meals that had chicken in them or something like that. But, um, I, I, I tell people all the time, like, I'm not willing to cook pork or beef. Like that's just not going to mm-hmm. happen. So if that's something you want, I'm sorry. But I I don't think it was that difficult. I think um, because I haven't cooked meat consistently for years, it is a little um, like a touchy area because I'm scared. I can't taste the food. You know, I can't I can't really be 100 percent like I'd like to be. But at the same time, I just kind of pull on what I what I smell, what I feel and 
it seemed to be okay. So, (laughs) you know, that's funny because, you know, for my family, that is, I'm like you and uh, disclaimer, I'm not on her level at all, y'all, as far as cooking, but um, as far as preparing meals that are non-vegan, I definitely tap into recipes, either mine or others, and have to pretty much follow those as closely yeah. as I can versus a vegan. That's yeah, true. you know what I mean? Because vegan, I'm like, oh, yeah, sprinkle a right. little this or that, but no meat. I don't know what it tastes yeah. like, so I have to follow a recipe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say that like, I had um, I had one time when I was making chicken and I was just, I was feeling very insecure about it, mm-hmm. to be honest, because I was like, even if I have the flavor down, like, am I, like, how long is it going to take for me to make sure that it's cooked thoroughly? Mm-hmm. And so I was very scared about it. And I was like second guessing myself the whole time. It ended up being fine, but I don't like that side of cooking. Like I love going in and just feeling completely confident. And I will say that I was like so nervous about him not liking it, about it not being cooked all the way. And I was like, oh, this is stressful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is your craft and it's an art. So I totally get that. Um, and so I want us to kind of segue a little bit into your conscious parenting. Um, and I would love for you to talk about how you see conscious parenting and how that's showing up and the things you teach your children on down to their eating lifestyles and habits. Okay. Um, well, so I guess... I think my first introduction to really being more of a reflective uh, parent is when I started working in the daycare, in daycare, uh, my daughter was three and um, she would come for aftercare. And I just, I really enjoyed seeing her in an environment that was completely different than the one that I provided for her just at home. And um, because she was at, she was just with me until until she went to school. And so I started to really kind of like look at how she interacted with other people and then how she interacted with me. And so I can't say I was really um, as much about conscious parenting at that point, but I was very mindful about my role in her life and like how, how my behavior affected hers and how my reactions affected hers. Um, so I think that kind of like lit the fire Mm -hmm. and then just, um, I think I've really just been trying to do more of the conscious parenting without knowing what it was for maybe the past five or six years. And then just kind of really, really getting into it. Um, the past three, I think. Okay. And so how would you define conscious parenting? Um, I think it's for me a little hard to define, but um, ultimately what I am trying to do is to remove my feelings and um, my expectations on what my children should do or should be, and even removing my history from what I've seen other parents do or seen how my parent acted with me to remove those things and to look at my children as individuals and to 
just build them up and give them the tools that they need to be able to go into the world to solve problems on their own. And um, conscious parenting talks a lot of um, social emotional stuff. And so just trying to um, teach these children how to really take a look at themselves and how they feel in their environment and how to regulate themselves as opposed to me constantly regulating them. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. Like, it's so hard. This journey is extremely hard. And I struggle with it even now um, after trying to, you know, work on it for years. But I think that's ultimately what it is, is to, in in a simple form, is to just give your, your children the tools that they need to be able to move through the world in a safe and healthy way to be able to regulate themselves and, um, you know, to just pull myself out of it more. I think as parents, we oftentimes, um, we, we put what we feel on them all the time. We're like, you know, I don't like when you do this. I, you make me so angry with this or, you know, and, and, you know, it's so hard to, to pull that back and to really have the child look at their behavior for their behavior, not look at their behavior because of how you feel about their behavior, if that makes it sense. It does. And I agree with you. It's not the easiest because that's also like you unlearning um, or relearning oh. how you were parents it, right? Yes, that's oh kind of like the tricky thing because I just kind of think like, you know, definitely with us being like older millennials, our parents being, you know, a lot of our parents being um, in like the baby boom kind of like era it was very much like children show up a certain way and adults show up a certain way. And there's not a lot of questions asked. And so to like yeah. be a conscious parent, uh, it really takes some, some healing and refocusing of yourself because um, Ooh, you know, yes. <laughs> many of us, I won't say all, but many of us specifically, specifically people who are like, in my different immediate circles, I know we're not raised under um, those pretenses, especially myself. My dad was very much like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, I think that's great. Yeah, my mom. Was- Go ahead. I'll just say, I think that's great. Yeah, my my mom was very much the, um, I ask a question and she's like, I'll tell you when you get older. Mm-hmm. Or don't worry about it. That's that's adults business, mm-hmm. you know, and where where I do think that sometimes that steps into play, I think the more appropriate approach is um, to just simplify things and to give children an answer on their level that they can understand. And um, my daughter just now at 10 is asking me questions that I'm like, whoa, if you would have asked me when I was high school, I would have thought these would be the questions that would be asked years later. Like I wouldn't expect for 10 years. And I, she throws me for a loop all the time and I have to step back. And you know what? Sometimes I don't answer appropriately or I'll get angry because she's trying to figure out something for her process, but I have my own preconceived notions about what should be happening for the day. Like I'm in a rush right now. I don't have time to answer your questions. I'm late for work. I didn't get my breakfast done on time. I woke up 20 minutes late. You know, I'm thinking of these things, but she's a child and she's Mm -hmm. 10. And so she's being slower. She's like, but I have a question about this. And in her mind, it's very important, Yeah, you know? And so 
I do get caught up in those moments where I have to tell myself, Ryan, you need to breathe. You need to chill. This is not about you. And um, I oftentimes go back to her, which I've, I've become more proud of myself for this, but I'll, I'll go back to her and I'll say, you know what? I'm sorry that I yelled at you about this, or I'm sorry that I really didn't answer your question. You know, I'm sorry. I got angry about this. Let me come back and let me tell you how now or let me tell you why I reacted this way how can I help you with whatever you wanted to to know you know yeah I do I love that and I love that you also take time to apologize to your children like that's something I make sure is a very intentional part of my practice too just from the standpoint you know like I'm going to mess up you know and I tell them all the time I need you to accept you know, the humanity that's, you know, existent within me, you know, because we put our pe- parents on pedals, pedestals. And then, you know, sometimes as parents, we act like we're on pedestals, but your children are yeah. certainly not exempt from having their feelings hurt, being disappointed by your actions oh or undeserving of yeah. your apologies. Like that needs to happen. You are so mm-hmm. right. And that's hard. It's really hard. I think it took me a long time to be able to apologize. Like I would feel bad and then I would just be like, I mean, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it took me a long time to be like, no, Mm -hmm. like go right this wrong, you know? Yeah, exactly. And my daughter, she, she appreciates it. She, and I think because I do it now, she does it. She'll, she'll say mommy I'm sorry I shouldn't have done this mm-hmm. or that and I'm like wow okay look at yeah. this and so it's oh it's it's really a beautiful process to be honest like I'm sure you feel the yeah. same way I mean parents in general is beautiful but when you really really take the time to to make sure that you're growing and helping mold these beautiful little human beings into really successful people you look back and then when you see them do something or say something to a friend or to your to you you're like wow like look at it you know what a transformation Mm -hmm. it's beautiful to Mm -hmm. watch that absolutely so so true well ryan thank you for joining the podcast it's been a blast having you on here Oh, I'm so happy. Um, this is the first podcast that I've ever been interviewed for. And I was a little nervous, but um, it's also, one, I'm very happy that you asked me to be here. So thank you. And then two, I need to, I need to get myself together and start listening to more podcasts because this is really exciting. Yeah. Thanks so much for um, saying that and for joining. Before you go, two things I'd like to ask. Um, one, if there are any words of wisdom that you could leave our listeners and two, any contact information for people wanting to connect with you or your journey of veganism or conscious parenting. Um. Let's see. Words of wisdom. Um, I think that what I'm uh, what I'm trying to take on myself is uh, to just to just take a breath and to just remember that I have I have everything inside of me already mm-hmm. and that I have to let fear go and just move about the world like I know it's already what I need to be. And so I would say that maybe that some type of advice that someone can I love that take a breath that's that is amazingly powerful (laughs) 
I have a really hard time with that. So I have to tell myself that often because as a Virgo and as a mom and a single mom at that, I'm constantly moving. Even if I'm sitting still, my brain is a million miles a minute. So taking a breath is very important. Um, And then you said my contact information. Um, I have Instagram. My Instagram is Rymagillacuddy. And that's R-Y-M-A-G-I-L-L-A-C-U-T-T-Y. Um, it's my person. Yes. Um, that's something I have to do all the time, basically. Um, because I'm just constantly moving and so busy. Um, and then you asked me for my uh, contact information, right? Mm-hmm. So I have uh, Instagram which is Rymagillacuddy, that's R-Y-M-A-G-I-L-L-A-C-U-T-T-Y. And I have Facebook under Ryan Maxwell, but I don't really use it, so I wouldn't recommend anyone reaching out on there. And, um, yeah, I mean, Instagram is probably the best way to reach me, honestly. Perfect. And I will go ahead and link her Instagram handle in the show notes so that you can connect with her. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in weekly. You know, we have new episodes that premiere every single Wednesday. And so as Ryan invited you to do, make sure you take a moment to breathe. And as always, remember to bloom into your best self. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to the One Sun, Three Flowers podcast. Check out show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.onesun3flowers.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We want to connect with your tribe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And remember to bloom into your best self.